Hey there, I'm Paul Lighting. You're listening to L.O. Governor, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Hello Governor the Podcast. I'm Abdullah, and with me, is, as always, is Tom. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing good, thank you. Um, a lot of stuff to get through today, and uh, please, please bear in mind because this is going to be a really hectic episode. We got a lot to get through, so um, yeah, it, there's not going to be a lot of free form. There's not going to be a lot of free form discussion. Just so you know, because we got a lot yeah. to, to go. Uh, first of all, we we have to we have to talk about um, sad news. Um, as most of you know, uh, Christopher Lee has passed away. The last true icon of horror has left us, and uh, mm-hmm. it is sad. Yeah, well, to be fair, at the age of ninety-three, not a bad age to die at, but he was still he's probably one of the old vanguard of that era of cinema. He's been acting since the fifties. He's yeah. probably one of those few, very rare people during that era of films that well works within film in any different department, but carried on working with it in film up to you know now, um, up to up to the modern day cinema, you know. And I think he holds he, a world record for being in most films as well. Yeah. And his last film is set to be released next year. What What was his last film to be released? I don't know. No, it doesn't yeah. mean because he 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 was a he was a like a um, normal actor. Even me, he's been knighted by the Queen. That's the reason why he's called Sir Christopher Lee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, he, he's just like he's done such fantastic work within his within his repertoire and stuff like that. He's literally of that generation of actors who. Um, was still going at the time, and he's done. He's done a remarkable job with every role he was in. He, even even some silly stuff he's been in as well, which I'm like, yeah, you could tell that he's done done some silly stuff here and there. But again, like I said, the reason why you said icon of horror, he essentially played Count Dracula. Count Dracula made his career in the fifties, all the way up through the seventies. Yeah, and especially like during the Hammer time. Uh... That era when uh, horror movies became more violent and gory, he was part of it. He was part of that era. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. With Chris Lee, I think the first time I really got introduced to him at a very young age was actually Gremlins 2, surprisingly. Oh, God. 
No, I've been generally being serious about that. <laughs> I might have seen him before that, but that's that, that's the youngest memory I could think of remembering seeing him. Also, he served he served in World War Two as well. Um, I think the first time I saw him was in Lord of the Rings, the first one. Oh, really? Okay, that's fair enough. It, it I was like 11, 11 years old at, at the time that came, that movie came out. Yeah, that would mean because he's done like what do you mean with Hammer horror films. He's done that. Also, he was. I mean, the other film that really broke him out as well was um, Man with the Golden Gun. He was Jane Bond villain. Oh, the guy with the third yeah. nipple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, best way to remember it, unfortunately. Um, and then um, also, like you said, he was in Lord of the Rings as well. So, and he was Count Dooku in the Star Wars prequel films. You know. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I mean. It's like he's he's done such amazing work. Like that's what I mean. He, his work with Hammer from 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 the late fifties up to the mid. Uh, mid mid late seventies and stuff like that. He's remarkable, and he's done also Wicker Man as well. He's been James Bond, and um, he's done so much work. That's when he's he's a hard work work working man, and he's been so many like I mean he's he's served. I mean he's acted, he's done voice work. Also, he's done music as well. He's, he's got a music career as well. Yeah, he released three heavy metal albums. Which was surprisingly not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> he was a decent. He was a decent singer. I'll give him credit for that. And yeah. he, I mean, he, I mean, he, he, he's remarkable. That's that's what I mean. He's, um, you know, he. I mean, he, uh, unfortunately, like I said, it was reports that it was heart failure, and Ouch. happens. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, and uh, he's gone, but. He died at the age of 93. You shouldn't... I mean, it is sad, but at the same time, you have to think, be realistic about it. He was an old man. He was very, very old. You know? And what's amazing about him is, like, he can be uh, considered a great actor and appear in, in, like, some of the crappiest schlock ever. Oh, you mean Captain America, Death Too Soon? Oh, God, I love that final scene where he has the yeah. gun. And yeah. he's like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And also, wasn't he in like a film with another film, Red Brown, when, um, when he was like a deal with werewolves and stuff like that? He was like a doctor. Yeah, Howling 2. <laughs> That's it, yeah. yeah. I, mean, he's, I mean, Chris Lee was one of these guys. I think he just loved to act. And that's why he did it. I mean, he was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He was Winnie Wonka's father. Um, and, and what I love about, I mean, a lot of people give Burton crap, but the reason he cast, um, Vincent Price and Christopher Lee in, in those movies is because he's such a fan of horror movies and he's such a fan of that period that he's like, yeah. I got to work with these guys. I don't care how old they are. I want to work with these guys. Oh yeah, exactly. And um, the thing, the thing that was astonishing about it, he used them. Um, could Tim Burton use Christopher Lee a lot? He appeared in a lot of films, and he was a fan of Paul because you know in the film Frankenweenie, when there's a scene, that he had a nice little Easter egg when the parents are watching a film. The film they're watching is the original Hammer House horror of Dracula film. Scream, oh yeah, Dracula yeah, Scream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, he used him a lot. He was in Corpse Bride as well. 
It was in his Court Bride film. He had a really minor part in Sleepy Hollow as well. So, I mean, he worked with him a lot. Mm-hmm. And also, I think he, yeah, I mean, he was in a lot. And, and of course, there's the the massive debate of who's who's the better, Dracula, Bella Lugosi, or Christopher Lee. Per, yeah. Personally, I think it's Frank L- 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 Langella that he was the best Dracula, in my personal opinion. Fair enough. And I mean, it's I mean, it's just it's a shame that he's gone. But you know, you have to be realistic about it. He was very very old and he he he, he has to he had a terrific life that would mean that would mean he's like and I, I know so you know what I mean he served he served the UK he was served in World War Two, and then he went on to do acting you know after the war I think the last time I saw him was the Christmas video he did like back in 2013 that was yeah. the last time I remember seeing him I know he was in um I know he was in um, the seventy, the nineteen seventy film, The Three Musketeers. That was another thing he did. He was quite good in that. You see, like that's what's amazing about his career is like we can sit here all day and talk about his career because it spans like how many decades? Oh yeah, he's been in so much, so many films. It's I'm I'm real. It's unheard of. I mean, it's just like you just go through his career and it's like he's done so much. I mean, he's done television work as well like he's been in the event the original black and white avengers series he's done so much it's just i think it's just such a shame because he was the last icon of horror that uh from that period because most of the people from that period have long gone and he was the last uh surviving one and now he's gone and that's uh the era is dead you know that era is just uh, done yeah, I'm giving him credit credit to it. Like you could tell that he really loved. If he if he had a role that he particularly liked, he would come back and do it. Like I know the prequel Star Wars films are never regarded as like really good films, but he came back and did he even did voice reprisal Count Dooku, you know, voicing the character. I mean, I know um, what was it the man with the golden gun? Um, you know, you remember that game Golden Eye um, Rogue Agent. Oh, he came back to do the voice of that? Yes. Yeah, he did. He came back to do the voice of that character that he played, um, Scaramander. <laughs> that was a stupid fucking Bond movie, to be honest. That was uh, yeah. That was one of the terrible also, ones, to be quite honest. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he came back to do Clone Wars as well. And also, he was a big part in the Kingdom Hearts games. He was Amston the oh. Wise. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean he, he's done a lot. And you again, I think to me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Lord of the Rings movies, but you know, seeing Ian McKellen and him act on the same screen at the same time in that movie just blew my mind because th- oh, yeah, those two really... guys were like some of the best actors we got at that time, and yeah. just seeing them together for the first time, amazing, just amazing. But no, so, like you say, so, so you, yeah. Yeah, Christopher Lee, sad to see him, go, sad to see him um, leave us. But again, ninety-three. That's a good age to to go to go uh, to, to to you know leave. And uh, yeah, long life, long career. You know, this is what it is. He's, I mean, he's he's done a lot. He's done a lot for for um, 
for England itself. I mean, like like I know I keep harping on like he served in World War Two. He's been knighted as well, so, you know, terrific actor, and he's going to be missed by everyone. So moving on to sadder news, to more sadder yeah. news. As if losing one of the best actors of all time wasn't bad enough, we had we also heard the news that uh, Dusty Rhodes had passed away out of uh, kidney failure. Oh, that's that's horrible. Which, um, yeah, yeah, go on. Sorry. I I I mean I know I mean before recording this I know he passed away but I didn't know it was kidney failure. Oof. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice way to go. He. uh, he had uh, reports that he had collapsed in his home in Florida, and uh, the medics came in and they tried to they tried to save him, but they got there too late. And fuck. Uh. Just, uh... Uh, for th- for those that don't know, Dusty Rhodes again. He was um, he was one of the big guys in the territory, wasn't he? Like in the uh, yeah. NWA. And, he. He was he won one of the biggest wrestlers in the territory days of wrestling. Like he did um, Northern um, Northern Wrestling Alliance, like the NWA. He did Jim Crockett promotions. He worked for Vince McMahon as well. Went to WCW in the nineties and ECW in the nineties. And um, he, I mean, he's been around everywhere. Dusty Rhodes and like I said, he was very very good. And um, the funny thing with Dusty, his career started as a rule breaking heel, but then. Then he became more a face when he when he was pit with um, Ric Flair and let's be honest, Ric Flair versus um, Dusty Rhodes and the Four Horsemen was one of the best rivalries that they did. Yeah, of his, it was one of the highlights of his career. Yeah, because back then, um, you know, Dusty was just like a normal heel, into a face was the fact that um, they made him to like a blue collared hard working man going up against like the big corporate he was essentially the underdog face, facing like the, the best of the best at the time best way to put it and he's remembered for his hard times promo which if you have not seen that google it right now watch it and come back it is one of the best promos ever one of the oh, yeah. best promos hands down Hands down. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean he, he's won so many championship. Like for example, he, he's what won? I think he's like four. I want to say like five time NWA um, champion, but in different areas. That's 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 the thing. Like it could it could go back in that day. The NWA was the big all of everything like that. But, I mean he he's he, he wrestled in. I mean, he's wrestling in Georgia Championship Wrestling, he's wrestling in AWA, he's wrestling in Jim Crockett Production, WCW. He's been all over the place, that's the thing. Anywhere, this guy's wrestled. Yeah, he's wrestled in all, all the territories, and uh, in the late, in the later years of his life, he worked with the WWE and with uh, in NXT as, as a promoter and booker over there. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, he was helping out backstage a lot at later time of his career, and for for for, for a good ten years as well, you know. And um, working with, the, yeah. 
And um, the saddest thing is um, we got to talk about this, and this is the, probably the most depressing thing about this, is I can't imagine the heartbreak that's going on right now with uh, Dustin and Cody. I, oh, I cannot imagine yeah. that. That gotta be yeah, that gotta be dreadful. It's like um, yeah, well, I mean, he's just like that's what I mean. Because I mean, he he got four four children and um, two of them being Cody and Dustin, you know. And um, and um, you know what? One of the things that really pissed me off recently that happened this year was like at at a fast lane when Cody and Dustin had the best match of on that pay per view. And the crowd was yeah. booing. I, I, I'm sorry. You know, you can do whatever you want at, you know, at these wrestling events. I'm not gonna say, oh, don't boo this guy. You know, don't cheer this guy. Whatever. But when these two guys, who are two of the best workers in the business, putting on one of the best matches I've seen in how long now? Yeah. On, on a shitty pay per view, no less. And they and and them getting booed just pissed me off it really did yeah it, it, it really did and and of course the segment ended with cody uh cody going out saying telling his dad that uh cody rhodes is dead and he's never coming back and uh that's kind of depressing Ooh. how that's like one of the last appearances he appeared on uh, television yeah that was yeah that's not that wasn't good and um it's the way i think um I, I think with Cody Rhodes as well, I think um, the same sort of thing happened with Chobo, because at the time Chobo was doing this whole gimmick at the time, where he was trying to be a Caucasian white guy, you know? Oh, Kerwin White. Yeah, Kerwin White, <laughs> and um, he was doing that around the time, um, he was doing that around the time, and then when, that, when Eddie died, he was doing that gimmick. Immediately when Eddie died, he dropped that gimmick altogether, you know? And I think, do you think um, Cody Rhodes is going to drop the Stardust gimmick now because of this? Or do you think, you know? I mean, they've, they've come a long way with Cody, and I wouldn't I wouldn't get mad at him for dropping it. Because, no. um, you know, it, it's... <sighs> they have two ways of handling this. And what I don't yeah. want them to do, and, and like what what I don't want them to do is drop the gimmick and have Cody Ro- repackage Cody Rhodes as this underdog fighting for the common man. No, right. don't do that. Please don't. That that would be too disrespectful. It, yeah. it would be in bad taste. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just don't do that. Well, I mean, it's 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 I mean, it's a shame that this has happened, and. Um... You, you know, and um, and they, that's what I mean. I I don't. Never mind. It's curious to see how they're gonna go with it. I know, obviously, Monday night they're gonna have like a tribute night to him and everything like that. They're gonna have remember him and everything. Cool. He was a big part of the company. Like he helped. He was on the people that was helping with Triple H with the whole NXT stuff. You know, like like you said with the rookies. Yeah, you and um, yeah. Sunday we got the Money in the Bank this Sunday, and I'm kind of wondering. Please don't do what you did with Randy Savage and just show like a little graphic in memory of, because that's really fucking disrespectful. Yeah. Like they they deserve at least some some recognition, like something, even if it's like a little backstage segment. 
just I can imagine he show that I can imagine you care. If if they don't want to dedicate anything to him, they should let um, Cody and Goldust have that match. Cody and Dustin have that match. You know? Yeah, they should. They should do a follow up to to that match that they did at Fastlane because I was like, this was a really good match. So are they going to do one where Dustin wins? <laughs> nope. Well, I mean, that's that what they should do at, at, at the Raw. They should let those two have a match to um, a tribute match for you know remembering their their dad. You know. Yeah, I, I would love to see that. I mean, fuck this stupid. Fuck the stupid bullshit R-Truth versus King Barrett bullshit. Make the kickoff match a tribute. Make it it something that... Because like I said, when Macho Man Randy Savage passed away and he was such a a big legend and the only thing they did was show a little like uh, in memory of at at, like Extreme Rules at at the time, I'm just thinking to myself, wow, way to show you don't give a shit. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, if I'm going on a little, on a little rant here, but you know, Dust uh, Dusty was a legend, and he should at least have something, like something, even even a pre-show or after-show with um as a tribute, something, just something to show that you you to show that you fucking yeah. care about him, and you want you want people to to know that you know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Well, that's what I mean. They had a tribute match with Rey Mysterio versus Chopper Guerrero for Eddie Guerrero's match. For, for, for yeah, Danny they should passed, do remember? that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just, just do something. Um, just, just do something. I, I, I think they hold... I think with WWE, they hold Dusty Rhodes high, high regards. I think they are going to, you know, have uh, have that. I think, I think they are going to do that, hopefully. To, t- to no, tell you how Dust- much, to tell you like how much he's loved, how much Dustin Dusty was loved by people. Every time someone went to Chris Jericho's podcast and they had a Dusty Rhodes story, they had to do a Dusty Rhodes impression while talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, the thing was with Dusty Rhodes, he had such an like, he had a very you, you know when you hear his voice, you know it's him. You know he he had such <laughs> a southerner accent that, and a particular southern accent, like you can distinct. And point him out when you hear him doing a promo, you know it's um, it's Dusty Rhodes. And, and uh, what, with... what's his what's his face? Uh, Dean Ambrose actually does a dead on Dusty Rhodes impression. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, yeah, because definitely Dusty Rhodes. This is the thing I like about Dusty Rhodes. He's one of these wrestlers that wanted to give back to the future generation of the industry, and he did. You know. By giving us two, uh, by giving us two talented sons who are two of my favorite wrestlers ever. Yeah, of course, yeah. (laughs) And also, he worked in NXT. He worked in the creative division. He worked behind the scenes of WWE. You know, he was there to help. Yeah. (laughs) It's just it's it's really sad when when um when you hear this kind of stuff because it's so sudden and. It's at the time of, like they're trying to build up a pay per view and whatnot, and it's kind of really sad that you you kind of hear this stuff when you know you got a big big pay per view on Sunday and it's gonna it's probably gonna kill the mood for some people and I hope not because yeah. I don't know. 
you know they there's going they're going to mention it at the pay per view. They're going to mention it, and then they're going to have like a tribute show on Raw. That, that's how I think it's going to happen. Oh, mean, they, they did that. Yeah, well, they did it with Warrior, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I mean, he 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 had some great feuds. Like again, like I know I mentioned Ric Flair, but again, he had a great feud with Terry Funk as well. And Billy Graham oh, was another God. one. That was uh, yeah. that was a brutal fucking feud. Oh yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I just named three. Kevin Sullivan was another one. He had a great feud with. Um, Black Jack Minikin, uh Nikolai Volkov was anyone he had a great feud with. Um, Ray Stevenson's and um, like I said, Billy Graham was another one he had a few with. I mean, he's, he's, he's and Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen. I mean, he's he's had a few with everyone, and it was really really good. He he was good. He was a really good hard worker, and he really loved the industry. I know when they brought him into you know with in the WWE when they gave him that whole polka dot gimmick, and even he jokes about that. You know, when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, he pulled out a handkerchief, was like wiping the sweat from his his eye, eyebrows, and it literally was a polka dot handkerchief. <laughs> I think they gave him that you know? because, like, a lot of people give that shit, but I'll give Vince credit. He wanted him to stand out, so he's like, just yeah. you know, have him wear something that'll make him stand out. <laughs> yeah, they could have they gave him yellow polka dot thing, the um, common man, as it was known as. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, you know, I know, I know it's like, it, it's in, like a lot of people look down on it, but you look back at, at those times, at his times in WWF back then, and he was having a lot of fun. He was really having a lot of fun with that gimmick. Oh, yeah, he was. So, yeah. It's Unfortunately, just, it's, it's really sad. It's really sad, but we got to move on because this is just, yeah. uh, you know, two deaths. That's just, uh, you know. That's yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So moving on to lighter news, um, depending on your point of view, anyway. <laughs> Sega just announced that they, that they're making another Sonic Boom game. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! This came out of nowhere. I I, I thought Sega. I, I I thought to myself. Okay, Sonic Boom, the rise of lyrics is the last contracted deal with Nintendo to them to have an exclusive Sonic game. Nope, this gone out of nowhere, far and nice. And I'm just like, fuck's sake. Well, what console is it going to be on? The 3DS. Are you shitting me? No. It's the 3DS exclusive. Did they renew their fucking contract? <laughs> I don't know. This is why I'm pissed off. It's it's like, hey, it's it's a sequel to a game that no one fucking liked. Well, they well, they're saying it's a sequel to um, what was it? Um, the previous game which was called Shattered Crystal, and they're done this now. And I was just like, no, I don't. I don't know what's going on with Sega. It's like. I've, I've told you the whole story, the reason why um, why Sonic Rise, the Rise of Lyrics was such a bad project. Yeah, we talked about this last time. Yeah, uh, we did, go yeah. Back, listen to it. Go, go back and listen to the last episode we did. Um, the we the studio that, came yeah. out and said, like, Sega told them nothing about the project. No. Nothing. Literally, Sega went to them. They said, make us a Sonic game. They did. And they told them later on, after when they showed off the trailer at E3... 
saying, yeah, it's exclusive for the Wii U. And it was made on the Cry 3 engine, and the Cry 3 engine wasn't compatible with the Wii U. But, you know, we went into further detail on the previous podcast on that. But And now they're making this new game. And also, it's not made by Big Red Button. You know it's made by? Oh. Asbestos Games. The people that did, um, oh, was it, who um, did the Sly Cooper Thieves in Time? What the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, no. So, you're, you're telling me that these guys could only make one fucking Sly Cooper game for the for the entire th- PS3's life cycle. And they have made two Sonic games. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> really is. They've shown that they were competent by making a, a Sly Cooper game... With Thieves in Time. Yeah. They showed that, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a good game. <laughs> and I'm like... You... Okay. For those who didn't play Thieves in Time, spoiler alert, it ends on one of the worst fucking cliffhangers of all time. And we don't. And I'm sorry, you don't that. leave your fucking game on a cliffhanger and then expect me to, 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 to wait for the next fucking game to come out if 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 this one sells well, yeah, Just fucking hell, pain in the ass. You yeah. you and 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 you you guys have no fucking idea how long we waited just to get another Sly Cooper game. Oh, Ever yeah. since the PS3 was first announced, that was like, when are we gonna get another Sly Cooper game? When are we gonna get another Sly Cooper game? Oh, they're doing a Sly collection. That means they they must be making one. They must be yeah. making one. A Sucker Punch teased the Sly Cooper 4 in, uh, in Infamous. They must be fucking making one. Yeah, and then like a year later, it went, oh, here you go. And they're like, yay. And then suddenly they get it all together and it came out with a good product. And then now, I mean, there's some really, really stupid decisions, decision making behind everything, you know? I'm just. I'm just baffled that Sony wouldn't sign these guys to a contract and say, hey, you have the Sly license, make us the fucking games. I mean, they, they, they did a good job. They made a good game. The, 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 the people who made it wasn't a bad studio. Yes, I will admit that they have made some duds. I will admit that. And... Um, they were mostly were made. They were mostly working with Sony doing like collection, the HD collection packs. You know, they were in charge of porting over all the games. You know. Yeah, and um, and again, like, like I said, it sucks that the PS3's life cycle is almost over, and we've only had like one new Sly Cooper game. That's a load of horse we- shit, right there. Yeah, I think we're gonna get one for the PlayStation Four, but knowing that, we're not gonna get it for a while. <laughs> You know? Probably till like 2019, 2020. And then the licensing might end up in someone else's hand. Because it's just... I give Nintendo shit for sitting on their asses while not promoting their other franchises. But, when it, but they're fucking tame compared to Sony. Sony yeah. has a shit ton of franchises that they do nothing with. They just yeah. sit there and go, well, you know... We tried, but this game didn't sell it well, so tough shit. <laughs> yeah. 
there was there was some really really stupid decision making, and um, the trailer they showed off for um, Sonic Fire and Ice, yeah, that's the official title, is essentially you use the element fire and ice, and you play as all the characters. You play as Sonic, you play as Tails, you play as Knuckles, you play as Sticks, you play as Amy, all the characters, and um, you use the different elements to create like pathways, bridges, or burn through ice, or that sort of stuff, you know, and. Um, and it pretty much if you played if you played any of the previous if you played the previous game of, of Sonic Boom on the 3DS, it's pretty much the same with slightly updated graphics. And it uses both screens, sort of like they did in Sonic Rush. So I I, I mean this this came out of nowhere, this announcement. It was baffling and it's just like I mean, one of the problems they identified was how, even though the game was targeted towards kids 7, 7 to 11, fans of the classic Sonic game picked up the game and had a harder time getting to Shattered Crystal. Oh, yeah, Sega, yeah. Because, because there is no excuse for the incompetence that, they, that they've done for the past couple of years. But they're just like, oh, you know, uh, don't worry. We're just now importing the next Yakuza game. A game that came yeah. out of Japan a fucking year ago. Yeah, I mean, Sega takes liberties with what what they do and it's not it's not fair it's really not fair and um and it, it isn't treated right and um sucks it really does suck and um you don't know where they're um where they're going to go and again everyone thought the next sonic game was going to be for you know for, for another console so let me get this straight so this year we're going to get a Sonic mobile game called Sonic Sonic Runs, and we are getting this. Okay. Yes, we have one of the Konami um, the Konami mobile gaming is the future. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to make them happen. to see a good Sonic game. But we're, we're, we're not going to get that. He's like, why are you so scared of next year, Sega? Mm. Fucking Sony has moved on to the next gen, Xbox has moved on to the next gen, but you're still, like, sitting on your fucking asses, just scared of, of taking that leap, and maybe it's not a game for the PS4 and Xbox One. Like, yeah. 
I mean, it's like, this, this is the funny thing with the Sonic games, is that if the Sonic games are done right, they can be really fun games, but if they're done wrong, they can be horrible. They can be shit. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I know that you're still scarred after the fucking Sonic 06 DX, so I get it. That wasn't supposed to be the big game that was going to save the franchise. It was supposed to be a reboot of the franchise for the next generation. At the time, but the game was so poorly received and so terrible that she just scrapped that idea entirely and just said, fuck it, we're just going to move on to do something else. Yeah. But you can't keep living in fear for the rest of your fucking lives. You can't, make, you can't get cold feet whenever a bad game comes out and it does poorly. You say, okay, we, we fucked up, we alienated our audience, Let's try to win them back. Let's just try. Just try. Just fucking try. Yeah, and it just wasn't done well because it's just like the reason why they made the exclusive deal with Nintendo because they around the time they brought out Sonic Generation, they brought out Sonic Color the year before. So Sonic Colors sold really, really well on the Wii. When everyone has Sonic Generation. To be fair, it's practically almost the exact same game, but with the whole classic levels for all the generations and stuff like that, with the exact same engine, slightly reworked, and it it didn't sell as well. And the reason why they got cold feet, because they, it was exclusive to the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. You know? I just... You know... I don't mind console exclusivity. I think that, okay, if you're going to sell a console, have exclusive games. But at the same time, third party is is what's going to get people to, to, buy, to buy games and have them reach a wider audience. Yeah, of course, yeah. Right, and that's my biggest gripe with Nintendo, is like, they're so fucking can't tell my colleague's very upset by this. Unfortunately, what happens and it has happened. Like quick 
Yeah. Like, um, I mean, the last episode we talked about was um, Don't Judge Me. And in that episode, that was the episode where um, Sonic um, basically gets sued by Eggman and he gets taken to court and everything like that for injuring him. So um, that's the last one we did. And I caught up with all the episodes up to this point now. So hooray me. And, um, yeah, we're pretty much going to be talking about um, what's been going on. Uh, which was the last which was the one after Don't Judge Me? The one after Don't Judge Me was Egg, Dr. Eggman's Tomato Soup. This was a weird episode. It was weird. I will definitely give it that. And, um... The thing which I liked about it was done well, which made me laugh. Was um, with the whole thing, with the whole thing with this game, um, with this show, was that um, it's like you were thinking, okay, what is Eggman's evil plan? It turned out that the cans, it was actually the cans themselves, was the weapon, which made me laugh quite a bit. Yeah, I think this is like the first episode I can think of yeah, well, we had the was it comedy chimp came back. He was on the talk show with Eggman, basically speaking smack about Sonic. So that was quite funny. Well, I mean, the whole synopsis of Doctor Eggman make markets his own brand to make toast soup and. I mean, but basically, does he have evil motives, or does he just want to share the recipe with his world? And apparently, the tomato soup is really, really nice. It's just about all the cans of evil kill robots that wanted to turn all other metal appliances into uh, evil robots to take over everything. And it's actually it was clever in some places, which I liked. Yeah, overall, I think this episode's pretty good. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, moving on to the next episode, which was called. Um, Solar powered, and this uh, one was when every time Sonic runs, his speed calls at a deafening tone, so he's forced to give up his super speed until the solution is found. I like this episode. Oh, it was uh, funny. I, mean, I think that the explanation for the sound was kind of half-assed. Oh yeah, it was rushed. You you could tell that it was basically rushed into it, and I like that um, every single time when Sonic was running, you make it a different sound. He couldn't do anything, which was quite funny. Like, oh, get my ball again. He couldn't run. He had to walk, and yeah. And then literally, the beach ball is literally like a few feet in front of him. You thought he's been walking for ages, just so now he just walks a few feet forward, but just incredibly slow doing it. I just, I just think this episode was really funny, but there's only the end where it's like, oh, it was nice, we'll find all along, and that's kind of really Yeah, a little bit, it was really, really good, and um, it, was, it was just done really, really well, and um, I, I thought it was quite funny with Tails trying to solve it, and then Sonic had to go to Dr. Eggman to, to get himself fixed, and it turns out that shoes he was wearing 
end up being trap shoes like every time sonic runs he powers the robot and stuff like that and it was done was done cleverly well and then they used that against the robot which i thought was quite clever overall good episode I think this one was one of the better episodes of other series so far. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree with that. But yeah, moving on to yeah, move on to the next episode, which is called Hedgehog Day. After an explosion at his evil lair sends him into a time loop, Eggman reveals this repeats the same day over and over. He must confront Sonic and his gang to help him to fix this time anomaly. Okay, Groundhog Day. Everywhere in this. And this Amazing. episode was like probably the most daring out of the episodes because it's like a, literally a one joke episode and they have to repeat the same joke over and over again. But they, they yeah. found ways to make it work, which I think was really funny. Like, and also, I love the fact when I love when Eggman actually convinced them and went, okay, how can I actually convince you guys to actually do this as quickly as possible without me going through all this whole time problem over again? And he was like, um, okay, um, here's an idea. And then suddenly they're like, <coughs> and he said, just say this to me. And then Eggman just turned around and said, yeah, you dreamt about this last night. And he's like, wait, wait, what? How do I know you're from the future? And finally chipped out at the end. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. And, um, the other thing I liked about it, did you notice the Easter egg from the French film um, Trip to the Moon in this film? Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was really Yeah, which I really liked as well. And but, it kind of, I think one of my favorite jokes is like him battling them over and over again. It's like, I can get this, I can get this, I can get this. And then when he finally beats them, he's like, yeah, it's like, finally beats Sonic. Which is brilliant, yeah. Because he's trying to, yeah, when he finally does beat him, it just turns out, oh no, he's just repeating the day all over again. And um, the the thing I did like about it as well was that, um, with, with this episode as well, is that, um, this is just a little Easter egg sort of thing I noticed, is that Hedgehog Day is actually named after the day when Sonic the Hedgehog 3 was released in the United States. That's what Sega, Sega called that day. Which is kind of cool. I think this is like one of my favorite episodes so far in the season. Yeah. And, uh, and before moving so on, the other bit I like. Yeah. The other thing I liked about the episode was that it, it's like, yeah, I need Knuckle help to carry this thing. And every time Knuckles come over, he screws up somehow. <laughs> and he's like, Knuckle, why do you keep screwing up? Anyway, he's an idiot. That's why. I'm not an idiot. And he just does something stupid. Oh, well, good episode. Next. Yeah. So the next episode is called Sleeping Giant, and um, the whole plot of this is Sonic tells Knuckles accidentally awake a sleeping rock giant who brings uh, who begins rampaging everywhere. This was interesting. This episode. What do you thought of it? I'm so mixed about this episode because when I first saw it, I hated it. I was like, this is kind of usually the worst episode of the season, but another episode came on that didn't hit that. I got my book for that, but I think this is the second worst episode of the season. Yeah. And also, this is the funny thing about it. This is the first time the Ancients are mentioned in Sonic, the Sonic Boom TV series. The Ancients 
were, have actually been mentioned in the video games quite heavily and also in the comic as well. So this first time in the TV show, the agents have been mentioned. It just, once again, it's a one joke thing. And the one joke is, you can only be put to sleep by Stasis off PC. You will that for most of the episodes. Yeah. And the other thing which I thought was quite funny in this episode was that um, you remember the episode How to Be, How to Succeed in Evil Without Really Trying? And Eggman had his own like meditation garden. That came back in this episode, which was quite funny. And you see him taking care of it. I didn't really joke that made me laugh about this one was, oh, Andy, he just wants to sleep. I'll sit, he needs a calming sound to help him sleep. And then that, a little bird, <laughs> and then he's trying to say, like, and then he's like, not you, me. <laughs> yeah, and then Stick starts seeing Rocker by Baby, and the, oh my god, the worst thing you could possibly imagine. And the rock creature actually really, really likes to sing. I mean, it's funny at first, but then when you start to hear it over and over again, it's like, oh, God, stop this. It's really... It was blatantly done on purpose to be bad, and they did it one too many times, and it just got really, really annoying, you know? And the problem is, like, when you listen to it, it's even just a one take, just looped over and over again. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Apart from that, um, okay episode, I say. I think this is my second episode of the series, just because of the yeah. constant Yeah, but I will say the next episode is quite funny. Um, the the curse of the Buddy Buddy Temple. The uh, Egg, Sonic and Eggman get trapped in an ancient temple when teamwork and friendship is required in order to escape. I think to me the the, the the thing that made me laugh about this episode wasn't the the Sonic and Eggman parts, but the Amy and Knuckles parts. Oh, we're outside having a massive argument and say, I should be the leader. No, I should be the leader. Oh no, no, you could be the leader, but I need the lead. <laughs> and then Sticks is basically just having a tantrum in the corner. But he can't work. Also, I love the fact when Eggman get trapped in the temple, Cubot and Allbot are just like, yeah, freedom, freedom, woo, and then suddenly they come back and say, what are you guys doing back? Yeah, we really don't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. I thought that was done well. And it was funny when they worked to seeing Sonic, Sonic and Eggman working together one-on-one off each other, and that's the thing I like about it. Um... I mean, Mike Pollock as Eggman and uh, Roger Craig Smith as Sonic working off each other. They're so good together. Yeah, it's, it's really, um, really, really fun. I think, uh, like I said, Mike Pollock is really, really good in this series. And uh, he really shines as Eggman, as Eggman in this series because he's playing yeah. as a normal guy who just happens to, like, take over the world. instead just a of yeah, and, and and the thing I liked about this as well, I think one of the funniest things I've seen Eggman in the show so far was uh, my favourite joke of his was, um, you know, in the episode when, the Cowbot episode, when the Cowbot was going to come and destroy him. And there's a bit when him and Sonic are talking around a barbecue sort yeah. of thing at night time. And he's like, okay, 
bro to bro Sonic. What's the deal with you and Amy? That just made me laugh so much. Yeah. It's brilliant. I, I, mean, I love Eggman in the show and I really liked this episode. Yeah, I will say this as well is that, um, yeah, um, you got anything else to say about the, this episode? Not really. So, yeah, moving on to the next episode, which is called Let's Play Musical Friends in the synopsis when a living computer virus takes over Dr. Eggman's technology, Allbot and Qbot must enter the cyber world in order to defeat it. Oh my god, reference galore was everywhere in this episode. I love this episode because it's amazing. Finally made me like all about the two bucks characters because they finally get a chance to shine in this. What do you mean? This is. Finally get them to do something other than just play sidekick. What does what I mean? Because this is what I mean. They, um. They did. This is their second episode that they got an episode based around them. The first one was, um. The whole episode where was was a was dude where's my Eggman, and this is the second episode. But I loved this episode more than the first episode was centered around it. it was so well done. Because they actually you have know? a motive. They're like, oh, you know, we're free. What do we do? Um, yeah. <laughs> they don't know what to do with themselves. They try to go bother. Oh God, I love Knuckles' reaction when he's they're talking to him. He's like, well, excuse me. I gotta go make up an excuse as to why I can't hang on to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really what Knuckles says. That, that is funny. And then Tails is set after looking after him. And um, and the thing I like about this, in this episode, Kubot mentions two references to other video game franchises. Uh, one of them is um, when Kubot says uh, says the phrase, what if the princess is another castle, which is a reference, famous reference that's said by Toad in the original Super Mario Brothers. And the other one when Cubot uses the Konami code when him and Orbit are trapped between crushing wall and they get free. I think my favorite joke in this episode is when Tails is playing his virtual program. Like, you run around collecting rings before the time runs out. And one of them goes, that sounds horrible. Yeah, that was, yeah, I thought, oh my god, they, I can't believe they actually just said that. And even Allbot mentioning the six-bit animation where they enter into cyberspace is possibly a reference to the six-bit graphics of the early Sonic games um, on the Sega Mega Drive, you know? I love the development in this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, one-shot bin. Oh yeah, the one-shot bin was so epic. I love the way they defeat him by um, essentially trying to figure out who's going to take him on and doing playing rock, paper, scissors. I don't know. Do you think that was a reference to Alex Kidd or not? I don't know. But I just find it funny the villain just gets so frustrated when they're playing rock, paper, scissors and he eventually just blows up. Uh, I think one of my another one of my favorite jokes is when they're leaving, he's like, Oh, goodbye, everyone, take care. Grandpa, you should really see a doctor. A real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh my god, it was a brilliant oh, I love I love this episode. It was done so well done, especially if you're a video game espionage, like, like you, you're big into your video game stuff. You, you're going to love this episode. There's so many little subtle references to the video game culture and stuff like that. It's so well done. And it's just generally a funny episode as well. I think this is like one of my top five episodes of the so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And surprisingly enough, it's an episode on Cubot and Allbot, and it's the second episode they got to themselves. And I loved I, I loved the first episode they got based on was, was where Dudes Where Mike Man is. Another really good episode. So yeah, the next episode was an interesting one, which is called Late Feeds. 
Um, Sonic arrives. Um, Sonic realizes he has seven minutes to return Amy's um, library book and ends up racing the clock as he battles slow so, um, senior civilians, Burger, Cravens, and an angry Eggman. This episode was awesome. It was this brilliant. Amazing. I, I can't say enough good things about this episode of people. I don't think it's because the old people get Oh my god, I've been laughing so hard. I, I, I've, been in those, I've been in those situations where you have to speak to old people when they repeat the same story over and over and over again. I've been in that situation. I've been in that spot and it just made me laugh so much. Every single time Sonic's like running forward and he bumps into one of the old people and he keeps bumping the same one over and over again and he keep retelling him the same story over and over again it just made me crack up so much laughing oh god I love the old lady at the end where he runs back and she's like I don't even like soda <laughs> yeah that made me laugh and, and, and I just love the fact that Sonic actually gets what was it gets like a chili dog and um, when, when he gets a chili dog Eggman's like oh, I wanted a chili dog. And um, he gets so upset because he's like, and he's like trying to stop him deliver his book and everything like that. He's like, seriously, you're attacking me over, over a chili dog? And he's like, yeah, why not? And he's like, well, you have problems. <laughs> it just made me laugh so much that he's like attacking him over a chili dog. But, you know, I, I love Kyle. God, I love this scene where it was his face to be versus trying to argue. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurry up. Uh, I'll have the... Uh, uh, and then he asks him a question, he's like, uh, burgers are fried, and I'm like, then he's like, ah, oh, gee. Because <laughs> yeah. you've been in those situations where you've written it, like, with someone who can't make up their mind, and you're like, God damn it, come on. Keep moving. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a hurry. I need to be somewhere. <laughs> We've all been in that situation. I think that's why that whole situation scene was so funny, because we, we've all been there once in our life when we queuing up waiting for something and someone can't make up their mind. Did I ever tell you about the time when I even got it on my first soda or something like that? It's just, yeah. this episode made me laugh so hard. I, I love it. This is one of my favorite episodes. Like, uh, yeah, one of my favorite episodes of the season. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, very funny episode. And moving on to the next episode, which is called Into the Wilderness, which is um, when Styx um, insists on being this one, uh, being the one to teach Amy survival skills and Sonic and Knuckles challenge them to race through the jungle. This is easily the worst episode series by far. Yeah, it had some... I know Knuckles is made to be an idiot, but he was especially an idiot in this episode. I just... I, okay, whatever... The, I, I know that whenever the kids show do the battle of sexist thing, it's always going to be the girl who's in it. Yeah. No, but you, you didn't, uh, you 
Yeah, it was wasn't a good episode, and um, there was a funny reference. Um, there was a vicious rabbit, which is a reference to the, um, um, which was a reference to the Monty Python Holy Grail film, which was funny, I would say. And um, and there's I mean, the only I mean, it was really like I said, there was no conflict, there was no nothing, and um, I know it was a comedian show, and I know Sonic Boom has had these episodes before, but at least they've been interested in some sort of manner, you know? Yeah. Just, I, I, I mean, okay, fine, you're trying to get uh, six and eight and stuff to do, but this whole battle of sexist bullshit, I, I'm so tired of this plot line where it's like, oh, I can, I can do anything you do, but better. And of course, it's always the girl that's winning. Because we've seen this yeah. plot line done so many fucking times, I'm tired of it. I really am. Oh, yeah. I'm just really going to go there. Fucking hell. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, nothing really to talk about this. Um, there is like a funny moment when they, when they, at the very beginning of the episode, they talk about Robotnik's missiles and stuff like that, and literally they stumble upon one of Robotnik's missiles, and Amy and Sticks use it as their device to basically get away. And then there's a really funny bit when, um, when it cuts away back to Eggman, and it's Larry. He's like, "Perfect, my layers all upgraded and everything." Like, I say, "What's that noise?" And then suddenly you just hear the hear him missile just explodes it, hitting his base. And I thought, "Okay, that, that's funny." But apart from that, that's about it. Oh, also, like I love the, the way they're like, "Oh, we're gonna win," and then they just happen to find their own missile stranded in the middle of nowhere. And then they just like, "Oh, we could help you, but we're not going to because we're the fucking assholes in this episode." Oh. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on to the last episode that was aired that I've watched and we um that's aired properly was um which is cool. Eggman Unplugged. Um so this the about this episode. After Sonic and and the after Sonic and the game beat Eggman by using his own technology against him, Eggman s- swears off technology for good in order order the um lighting bolt society sieges this opportunity, unleash their own attack on the village by stealing Eggman's equipment. Now it's up to Sonic and his friends to get gain his technology again. I like this episode, actually. <laughs> I think it's it's funny because once again you're doing something original by taking someone out of their elements and seeing how they react to living without their elements, and that provides a lot of good comedy because I don't think we've ever seen a robotic incarnation deal with life without technology, and you're like, okay, what would happen if you didn't have technology? How would yeah. you go? I think, yeah. 100%. And I love the fact that Eggman's basically so sworn off technology, apart from the fact he keeps Allbot and Qbot working constantly. And then when the Lightning Bolt Society do take over Eggman's base, they basically muck it up because that's the whole point of the Lightning Bolt Society. They're basically they're a bunch of uncomfortable villains to take over. For Pete's sake, they had a club, their clubhouse is inside a dumpster, for Pete's sake, you know? I love the fact that one of them still has a tree costume, like, if that makes yeah. Didn't that one go out on a date with Sticks? Because I remember Sticks, Sticks actually said, yeah, I've got a date with a tree. <laughs> and it turns out to be that guy. Yeah. It was, and also, this is the first episode I actually think when you actually see Eggman actually cares about Allbot and Qbot, you know? Oh, uh, that was my original intent. <laughs> when he, 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 he,
This is what I mean. He, I mean, he's, I mean, he's sonically swear. He's so sworn off. Used to always used to talk, and immediately, and I mean, immediately when Cuba and Albert turn off, that that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like that, right? That's it. <laughs> he goes back and starts making his face back. <laughs> that we can use the call get a pizza delivered here. called Craze Amy. It's not out yet in it's not out yet. So we're gonna to have to talk about this um talk about this when this episode comes out. Originally it was supposed to air on the twenty third of May, but for some weird reason Cartoon Network decided not to sh- have not decided to show the next few episodes yet. So we just have to wait and see what happens. I hate when they do that, when they start airing episodes and then they just Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they, they sh- this what this is what weird about it is that they showed an episode off here in the UK, which they haven't showed off. Well, they only showed one episode off here in the UK that they haven't showed off in America yet, which is, which is called um, Closed Door Policy. Which is an episode where Amy realised that Styx is a pack rack and she forces her friend to have a um a gut um what was it, like a garage sale to get rid of rid of all her junk in her house. And that hasn't been aired in America yet, but it has been aired here in the UK and France. Mm. Well, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about recorded and uploaded in the next. Yeah. Sonic Boom update we got for you people. And moving on to the final bit of news uh, this uh, this week. Um, you know we're living in a, in a terrible age for, for cartoons when we're starting to go, hey, let's reboot everything because why not? Why the fuck not? Because, uh, those that don't know, it's been 
announced that um, Cosmic shows are, are getting rebooted. Um, Mega Man, there's going to be a new Mega Man cartoon before 2017. Yep, Capcom can't be bothered to make Mega Man games, but we can get a cartoon show in two years' time because, I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. Because, you know, the last Mega Man cartoon was so good, right? <laughs> we got Mega Man cartoon, we got Powerpuff Girls reboot. Uh, DuckTales reboot, which I don't even know why. Why are we have, why are we even having a goddamn DuckTales reboot? That's uh, fucking. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, you just uh, sound really, really bad. Like you really sound like you're very, very far away from the microphone. Ugh. Sorry about that. I hate, I, I hate having to. Can you hear me now? Yeah, can you fine? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I was just saying, like, fucking, they're rebooting everything because I don't know why. I don't, I, I don't get it either. But you know, it's one of these things that that's that, that's been done, and um, you know, I, I um, do you think they're just doing this just to stick a knife in the whole mighty number no. nine coming out soon? With with Capcom, yeah, I kind of see them saying like, "Oh, you know, you think uh, you think we're dead? We're, you think we're dead? Well, fuck you. We're doing up. We're doing other stuff with Mega Man, like comic books and TV shows, because that's where the real money is." Yeah, that's what I mean. They they done this, and um, everyone's everyone's wondering why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? It's simple. Two reasons. One, they want to get all the money that's built off around the hype of Mighty Number no. Nine coming out, and secondly, they want they they want Mighty Number no. Nine to suffer. That's the reason why they've done it. But I just don't understand. Like twenty seventeen, really? Like you're really oh, gonna go? You, you do realize that's the thirty year of Mega Man anniversary. Thirty year anniversary of Mega Man, right? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the reason why it came out in twenty seventeen. So it's like, hey, we we can't be bothered to give you a new Mega Man game because we're all we're doing all digital games now. But uh, here's a cartoon show. But we managed to port all our games over to the 3DS. Mega Man One to Six. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, it's not fun. And another one that bugs me is like Ducktales. Really, Ducktales. Yeah, we're really gonna go there, Disney. Really gonna go there, okay? Fucking Ducktales, Ducktales. <laughs> but you know what? Let's let's talk about the most insulting one and and get ready for this one. Uh, I'm a huge reboot fan. Uh, Reboot yeah. was one of the first shows I ever got into as a kid. It's one of the first shows I ever watched religiously as a kid. And um, back in 2001, it ended on one of the worst fucking cliffhangers of all time. And we waited. We have waited for years and years and years and years for some sort of closure to that to that um, to that ending. And. Apparently now uh, they've greenlit a new show called Reboot: The Guardian Code, which is a spinoff. 
course it is. Of course it has to be a spin-off. Because fuck you for getting invested in characters like Dot, Enzo, and Bob. You get yep. a bunch of fucking teenagers now who go into cyberspace and fight viruses. Yes, and they're so... guardians now and just fucking bullshit is what it is. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. I can tell you're very, very angry about this. Oh, and it, and oh, it's like, oh, you don't care about... We're not going to have Dot, uh, Enzo, and, and uh, Bob be the main characters anymore, but we're still going to have Megabyte be the main villain. So so are they going to address the whole thing, what happened at the very end of My Two Bobs, or they're just going to completely gloss over that? Seeing as it's a fucking spinoff and they're dealing with teenagers, I'm just going to say it's probably going to have nope. like one word of, oh, we wrapped that up pretty quickly, and we're going to have a scene with Bob giving giving these fuckers the seal of approval, passing on the torch, all this other horse shit. And then we're, they're just going to have them be side characters for the rest of the se- season. That kind of sucks. And it's just... I can, and, under, I can understand why they're doing it that way, because they want to get a new audience in watching it, but still at the same time, they they need they need to explain that. You know, what happened to the end of my two bobs. And also... Because here's a history lesson for those that don't know. Uh, reboot uh, started out uh, airing in, in in the U.S. for the first three seasons at, in uh, what was it uh, ABC, and then ABC canceled the series after three seasons because they thought the, the series was too violent and uh, you know all, all that shit. That then, uh, the, but the series but the series continued on in Canada for uh, the fourth season back in two thousand one which was the Damon Rising uh, story arc. And, and they were censor-free then. Free then. Yeah. It got so, dark. Yeah, they were censor-free. They didn't have to deal with all that bullshit. And for those who didn't watch My Two Bobs, it ends on one of the worst fucking cliffhangers of all time, where it turns out that, oh shit, one of the Bobs is a fake, and it was Megabyte, and he's back, and he's taking over the Oval Office again, and... Uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Everything's got to shit, and then you're like, oh my god. And then suddenly, then you realize, oh wait, there's no sequel stuff to this. This is actually literally a cliffhanger. Fuck. <laughs> you know? And it was such a good twist, because Megabyte had been presumed dead by that point in the series, and you're like, oh, okay, so they killed him off, they replaced him, it's going to be someone else, Okay. And then he finally comes back, and you're like, holy shit, he's got a new design, he's more badass, animation looks a lot better, and you're like, okay, finally we're going to go back to the, to the show's roots, right? Nope, cancelled. Yeah, unfortunately. And then, was it, they did like a spin-off comic sort of thing, which they said it was canon, and then the show creators came out saying, yeah, no, it's not canon at all, and they greenlit this new spin-off project, like you said, and it's like, okay, cool, new spin-off show, can't wait, and then suddenly they're like, "Oh yeah, it's a, it's basically, it's going to have nothing to do with the original characters." And I'm like, "Oh, so spin off on the original show, but it has nothing to do with the original characters." Okay, I'm, I'm not happy to hear that. It's, but I, I can I understand can, why I, they've done it, but I don't like it. I, I understand. Okay, yeah, you want to introduce a new audience to this and that, but. You gotta understand that we've been waiting 14 fucking years just to have closure for that ending. Yeah. Like, just 
Give me something. Give me anything. I don't even care at this point. Give me some sort of fucking closure. You, you and, and they've been talking about, oh, we're going to do a movie. We're going to do a movie. That never got off the ground. It's like, oh, we're, we're trying to get a Kickstarter going off, off the ground. That never got off the ground. And it's like, I, we've spent how many years listening to Gavin Blair give us false promises saying, oh, no, no, no. Don't worry. Reboot's not dead. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. And then finally we get some sort of news of a spinoff, and it has nothing to do with the original. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it just... Fucking I, hell. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a bit annoyed about this news, because you remember, all the long ago, I think it was back... Um, God, it was back it was back, back a few months ago. You remember I told you I ended up marathoning recently the whole entire series of reboot in the whole entire run of it, and I, I told you that I was marathoning the whole, whole show. Yeah. How long ago. And I mean, I really, really enjoyed it, and it was a really good show. And the thing, the thing with the show, the writing holds up. That I mean, the writing holds up. Sure, the animation in places is a bit dodgy in some places, but yeah, again, you got to remember it's one of the earliest CGI shows in the '90s to be on television, and it was it was very, very popular because it was on the whole digital age and stuff like that, and it and it holed up in places. And um, story wise, it it did it hold up, and everyone really, really enjoyed it. It just really, it just sucked really, really much because, um, like you said, they announced they announced this new stuff and we wanted closure. Um, this is my ideal sort of thing. Okay, if you have to go with the whole, you know, the whole new team route, everything like that, why don't you just make, why don't you just make the whole thing open up with pretty much with with pretty much near towards the end of the conflict with Megabyte and basically the the first two episodes are basically dealing with beating Megabyte and Megabyte getting away getting away and they send those teens off to chase megabyte through the internet and what pisses me off is like oh we're gonna that, give megabyte a new and, and it's like oh we're gonna give megabyte megabyte a new redesign and i'm like this is the third fucking redesign he's been he's been given and for those who don't know about the show's for those that don't know about the show's history originally because the animation was so limited they had to simplify his design because the animation was so limited at the time. But come yeah. season four, at the end of My Two Bobs, that design you see at the end, that was his original design. That's what he was yeah. supposed to look like from the beginning. Yeah, that would mean, that would mean his very, very first design was pretty much was the limited version because of the animation. And um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I really like his original design. I think his original design really, really cool looking, very slick and suave. And, um, that design that you saw, like in My Two Bobs, that's like I said, that was his original design, and it's a very cool design. And the re- they even gave a reason why he was looking like that now, and it was a very good explanation. He right? yeah, he he's evolved. He basically turned into a Trojan virus. Now he's more deadly than ever, and he did. They made him look a lot more scary and a lot more intimidating. Because the animation had improved, because it aired back yeah, in two thousand one, and it's like yeah, it improved a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But now it's like, oh, he looks like Metal Sonic. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen this line. Yeah, the the prototype. Oh my god, the artwork is. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's questionable. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, once I see the final design, I'm gonna commission someone to draw one of the guardians. Going, <laughs> you might know everything I'm gonna do, but I know everything you're going to you're do. Gonna do. Strange, Strange, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh god, <laughs> I'm never gonna let that go. Bloody metal Sonic. Oh my god, that, that was amazing. Yeah. 
I don't care what anyone says. I still love. I, I still love love the Sonic movie. Uh, very popular Fraud. with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Tails, I wouldn't believe you stoop. Tails, I'm sorry. I can't believe you would actually stoop that that slow. And he was groping Sarah's. <laughs> My hat's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Sonic giving the bird to Eggman. <laughs> giving the bird to Robotnik. <laughs> oh god, yeah, that's brilliant. And it's and then and it's like, well, after Metal Sonic destroys Planet Freedom, Sarah, it's just going to be you and me left. Wait, wait, what? So you want to? Yes, we want to get married, Sarah. And it just cuts to her visually uh, break them with a bunch of robotic babies. Uh, that's brilliant. I, I, I love that cartoon. I, I love that cartoon movie. I'm shocked. Uh, Shock Factor has not released it on D. Really, <laughs> released it on DVD. What do I mean? No one picked up the rights to it. That's the reason why. <laughs> no, seriously, ever since um, the the anime company that did the distributor rights um, closed down, no one ever, no one's picked up the rights. Peak sake, the rights for um, the original Geek Sonic cartoons have been handed around so many times now. Um, I can't remember who actually owned them at the moment, but it has changed hands so many times. That's why the Shout Factory DVDs are long out of print now. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate feeling behind that, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, and that's why, like, so it's on the public domain, basically, right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. It, no one owns the rights, except for the, the original Japanese company, but no one owns the licensing rights to here in in, in, in um, the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, God. You should, like, rewatch that again. <laughs> oh, it's an amazing cartoon. It's an amazing cartoon for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Limited animation, shitty fucking voice acting. Oh, oh God! <laughs> Tails and Sonic sound amazing. Sonic sounds like sounds like a complete douche, and um, Tails just sound like a um, a little kid with a clogged up nose. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! I don't care what anyone says, but Martin Burke was a fucking hilarious Sonic. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Shut up, Dales! <laughs> Shut up, Dales! Oh, Sonic, help me! Oh, God, it was funny. Great, great little cartoon. Love of the birds. Anyway, that, that's pretty much it. I got nothing else to talk about. <coughs> yeah, um... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's pretty much all I've done. Um, like I said, I, the only thing I've got to say, I saw Jurassic World, but yeah, again, you haven't seen it yet, so we can't really talk about that. Because I've heard mixed things about it, and I'm not really sure if I want to go see another fucking two-hour movie. And, so. Okay, all I'm going to say, there's a scene that makes up for Jurassic Park 3 all together. I'm not going to tell you how they do it, but all I'm going to say is basically it's basically Universal saying we're sorry for Jurassic Park Three, <laughs> which is amazing. It's so well done. I, I, I mean, I, the thing with Jurassic World is that it does a lot of stuff right, but I think the problem's fault lies when, um, when, um, when they show. 
I don't think it might be the director's fault, but the guy who directed it is very inexperienced, and there's a lot of stuff that followed up on in the film, but it's never really followed. It's like it's basically it gets settled. It's like they mention it, but they don't follow up on it. But they they do address a lot of the issues from the previous films as well, which I do like. Oh, okay. It's 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 enjoyable. I recommend I recommend you anyone give it a shot, give it a chance, but. Don't put your expectation to the highest extent of all time. It's like, it's good enough for what it needs to be. And it's a good Jurassic Park film. It's better than two and three by far. Well, that, that's not hard to really, to really accomplish. <laughs> I, I know, but it, it is a competent film. It does a lot of stuff right. And I personally, I really enjoyed it. And it's, um, it does a lot of stuff right. And I can't really, I can't really diss the film for that. It's that I mean, it's done a lot of stuff right. There's a lot of good Easter eggs um, through the original Jurassic Park film as well to the first Jurassic Park film, and also they even addressed the whole problem with um, with, with why this place is open and everything like that because they addressed that whole element in the room and said, okay, why is this place open considering what the fuck happened here last time? And they went, okay, this happened. And it's like, okay, yeah, cool. Okay, that explains it. That's all you need to know. Like, they don't hit, they don't, basically, they don't hit you over the head with it constantly. They just say, okay, this happened, this happened. Okay, that's cool. So moving on mm-hmm. with the plot. But then there's some stuff in, with the plot when they bring up stuff and it'd be like, okay, Okay, we don't really know what happens that. We don't know what really happened to this person. Okay, what about that story, that side plot? No, okay, nothing comes 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 from that. You know, that's that's all I have to say. Oh, okay, so that that's been another episode in the bag, and uh, we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.